1: That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
0: Hello, um, this is part two of my lovely chat with Nick Grimshaw, a.k.a. Grimmy. If you haven't heard part one, it's on the feed. Here you go. Here's part two. I'm not qualified to say this, but this therapist I was talking to, my therapist, Um, (laughs) (laughs) not just a therapist, excuse me, Um, we're talking about splitting, okay? the splitting of the self. Have, they ever spoke, have you ever spoken no. about that in therapy? So, like, it happens a lot with queer kids where something traumatic is going on, i.e., being queer in a hostile environment. So, you just split that side of yourself off and you can almost be two different people. Right. And you sort of numbly go through the experience that is traumatic and then you are more yourself when you're out, out of danger. And survival, like you can do the weird maths in your head that unless everyone likes me, I'm going to be ejected from the group and I'll be alone. And you know, and you were down in London on your own. You actually have you, you have said you had nowhere to stay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was really important that people loved you. Mm-hmm. And the more you get the laughs, you're more like, well, that's love, right? Mm-hmm. But what, what you do is you tell yourself that above all else. So cancelling on yourself or cancelling on a friend It's absolutely nothing compared to what you've decided is survival, Mm -hmm. which is making everybody laugh and jumping on that table and blah, 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 and doing all those things. Mm -hmm. But it's not actually true. Like, it's not true. But you, you know, there's no space for anyone to explain that to you. And you deduce it. And it it is like a weird, it's like, you know, like if you've got, Your Christmas tree lights up in your house and it's broken, and you kind of tape it with gaffer tape, and you're like, "It'll work for a while, but it's probably not fine for
2: now." Yeah, Yeah. and
0: then, but then you realise you've done it for ten years Uh. or whatever. And for me, I think that's what was going on. And actually, I think what was going on, and it's really interesting that, like, you, I was saying, oh, you know, I was in the office late, and you were out late. Mm. But I actually think they're quite similar things. Like, I was like, I have to get out of here, Mm. or I have to be successful. That was the story mm-hmm. I told myself. Not true. But I was like, if I'm successful, yeah. then I will be all right. Mm-hmm. And if I keep doing this and work really hard, I'll get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of why I loved how well you did. Everyone was like, he's so naughty. And I was like,
2: look how well he's done. I love that. But I thought that that was... Um, I wanted to be successful in partying, you know? Right. That was really which is so ridiculous to say, but I think growing up in Manchester, there was, and in the nineties as well. For me, I looked up to people who were going out partying. Like I looked up to the Gallaghers and looked up to seeing, you know, raucous Spice Girls, like falling out of the map. But uh, I thought that was success. And I was like, that's, that's so cool! Like, look at you know Naomi Campbell smoking inside. Yes. That was like my aspiration as a teenager. I thought that was really fab. Yeah. So I really put my all. You put it into the office. I really put my all into going out when I moved yeah. to London, and I think I thought that that would make me a success yeah. in in feeling wanted and secured by you know people who were going out like, oh, we've got to invite him out. Because he's fun on the nights out, Yeah. so I think there was something deeper than me just enjoying the yeah. taste of lager. I think it was <laughs> I wanted acceptance and to be invited, and yeah. included, and and probably why I wanted to be a DJ as well, so I could mm. be have a role at parties and have a role in in nights out. Well, it's also ultimate control of the room DJing isn't and it? control. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: because I I think that you know. I I think DJing is really interesting because I think it's actually, it's to do with controlling the room because you can't just be comfortable in the room. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and and I think, I don't know, you're the DJ, I'm not, but I think it's, I think it, there is something in queerness about it of like, I, I feel
2: a bit uncomfortable just being Just here. standing still, yeah. Yeah. Because it reminds me still now when I go out of when you first started going out and you'd go out with like your friends from school at like 15, 16, and I'd be really conscious of, you know, the, Lads would be like, Oh, that person over there, like, stood gay. So I'd be like, Oh, am I stood gay? And yeah, I'd like, not know. I felt like I didn't really know what to do with my arms yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was a teenager, or like how to stand or dance. So I think I still have a bit of that when yeah. I go out, which is probably why I thought DJing was a good route because you've got a job and you've got a role. Yes. And But I've always loved parties for. You know, even when I was a kid, like I loved family parties and get togethers and I I love having people around me. Yes, It's only recent, well, I'd say past eight, nine years, maybe actually. So not that recent where I started to enjoy doing things on my own and being on my own and having Mm. my own time. Whereas I always growing up, hated being on my own, being a teenager, hated being on my own in my Mm. 20s, hated being on my own. So I think I only got more comfortable on being on my own in my 30s. But do you find that you've spoken a bit about
0: anxiety and i find what's weird is like i'm actually more allegedly sorted now in my head yeah but my anxiety is way worse like yes. i didn't actually have anxiety in when we were both in yeah yeah same. why why did we not like, i don't know i don't know
2: i don't know i i'm the same yeah like did i don't i probably did have anxiety then yeah but then i was like getting wasted so then the next day when you know i've got anxiety i'd have drunk again so i don't know if you had the space to actually breathe or live or you know there's people i know who smoke and drink every single day and they're like i don't know what you're talking about i don't get anxiety and i'm like well neither would i if i'd had like you know half bottle of wine it takes the edge off so i think it's maybe when you're like not drinking and yes. not partying you're yes. like oh maybe I feel a bit anxious but i've tried to address it i'm doing like the pr for anxiety where yeah. i'm like it exists like happiness or sadness or mm. hunger mm. you've just got to manage it yeah it's not just going to go away like do you want to have a you know, like we're not dogs we can't just be like i just sleep and eat you know you <laughs> we're complex so i'm trying to just manage it in i would with other if you have a really happy day, take note of it. Yeah. If you have a really anxious day, take note of it and do with
0: it like that. What? Well, yeah, because someone said something really simple and helpful to me about that, which is like,
2: you can't get rid of anxiety. You just no. have
0: to just move through it.
2: Yeah, my friend told me that it's like a barrel with holes in it yeah. full of water. So if you try and like cover or like oh maybe ah. I've got anxiety about going on that podcast or I've got anxiety about that wedding speech or I've got anxiety, it's like, yeah, you have it. So forget trying to plug the holes, like just uh, manage it as a bigger ride. It's not going. Don't try and get rid of it. Welcome it with compassion. <laughs> with open arms. yeah Give it a roast.
0: <laughs> what um, could you please explain to me that because you wrote about this in the book and I actually
2: genuinely don't think I'd mm. heard of it. What is gay guilt? Yeah, I I talked a lot about growing up with a lot of guilt Mm. and a lot of worry. And um, I just remember feeling guilty for being gay. When I I realized I was gay at school, it wasn't oh my God, cool. (laughs) (laughs) It was, oh no, the world is over and this is a really horrible, horrible thing. Mm. And my immediate feeling, and it's so sad, when I was a teenager, was like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to have a really? horrible death through either, you know, an illness or drugs or I'll kill myself. That was my immediate thing that I thought happened to people mm. when they were gay through either, you know, hearing stuff or seeing stuff on the telly or watching, you know, terrible dramas where every character was, you know, tarred yeah. with that is a negative. It was always you know, a very negative confession Yes. or like someone got caught as gay. Mm. So there was never anyone that I experienced that was like, oh, they're really successful as a doctor. By the way, they're gay. There's none of that. So it was always something dark and heavy. Mm. So I just presumed when I realized that I was gay that, you know, my family were going to disown me and I was going to die. Yeah. Which is not a cool feeling to secretly hold on to when you're, you know, 12, 13. No. And therefore you're like, everybody like me. <laughs> <laughs> like me. So when you find <laughs> I'll out. I'll get drunk with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, it makes complete sense. Yeah. And did, did you feel like there was a period um, where you kind of started doing more telly stuff and therefore became famous, but people wanted you to talk about being
2: gay, but you didn't want to. Um. I, well, this sounds really flippant, but it's mm. not. And I wrote in the book about this, and it's not <laughs> flippant. But when I started doing TV, it it did validate me in a way yeah. that was really, really useful. And not because you know I was on the telly. Mm. What was good was that when I would do a TV show or do a radio show, and I was really myself, yeah, there'd be a really good reaction. Yeah. So people would text in and be like, oh my God, that is so funny. Or oh, I love that thing. Or my boss would say that was such a good episode. It was so good. Yeah. And they were like, you should be more like that. And I was like, oh, that's me relaxing and being myself. That's so nice. So what I slowly began to learn was that the more myself I am, the better connection I have with people. Mm. Whereas I think when I was a teenager, I'd spent years and even at uni, neglecting or trying to be straight and neglecting the real me or not mentioning sexuality or pretending to taxi drivers that yeah I like football <laughs> why <laughs> rather than just saying no I don't I don't know I don't get it yeah I'd be like oh yeah yeah you know and I was like do this like weird cosplay of like a man yes that I thought I should be. Yeah. And it's exhausting. Yeah. So when I actually would say, oh, I actually hate football. Don't I don't really like sport or competition. And I think, you know, I like this actually. Then yeah. people are like, oh, that's so interesting. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's something like, Oh, I should be myself. So T V was actually quite helpful in in helping me come out of my not that I was an in inner shell, but to be the real me, I guess.
0: Yes. Yeah. But but people want you to start
2: talking about stuff once you yeah. you know, like this I remember doing like press yeah. and doing interviews and they'd be like, Oh, so have you got a girlfriend? Really? And I'd be like twenty three or twenty-two mm. and I was just very scared to say to I don't know, the guardian or something, yes. No, I fancy I don't know, whoever I fancied when I was twenty three, no, I fancy David Beckham. Yeah. Like I'd be like, No, I don't have a girlfriend. So I wouldn't say yeah. I, I was scared to say I was gay at that age to, yeah. you know, a national newspaper. Yeah, because it was a different time. And I don't think they would have been like, oh, gay man on radio. But I think no. it would have. I don't know. I just felt like there was... there was. Um, well, it was a weird hinterland, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also yeah. you're basing your decisions off being 16, not yes, 23. exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, when it's yeah. like... Yeah, and where I'd seen like horrible headlines when I was younger, I thought, oh my God, that's going to happen to me. or And it was a problem. Yeah. But then I remember that changing and I don't know what it was exactly. When I did started doing the breakfast show as 28 and I had a really great team who were all my friends and we Mm. all really got on and felt really really comfortable and we'd happily talk about you know fancy and Jake Gyllenhaal and oh my god he's coming on the show and Fifi my producer and me would both be like oh my god like I don't want to look at him like I don't want to look like sit him over there so we don't have to look directly at him yeah so we'd we'd Talk about it in a really natural, easy way. Yes. And it just, a, you know, how we'd speak about it if we weren't on the radio and it wasn't a conscious decision. We didn't sit mm. down and say, let's have a, let's really normal gaze. Let's make gays feel normal. Like um, we didn't have a conscious conversation. But I think it had gone from a time that the, the breakfast show before me was quite alpha male. Yes. And then it had gone from that to, you know, me talking about being nervous because. James Franco and Jake Gyllenhaal are coming on, or whatever. And I remember getting loads of messages from um, people my age, from parents who were, you know, older than me, from young listeners saying how nice it was just to hear casual gay chat on breakfast radio. Wow! And it just not to be a thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't realize that that would be important. And Mm. it was, it was really nice. And when I wrote my book, I got. Loads of messages from people saying, oh, I remember you and Fifi just having a normal conversation about, you know, being able to go on a date because the guy cancelled or whatever. And it just being like normal yes. chat. And I'd never heard that with my family before. Yeah. So just like hearing that on school trips and uh, or on the school run or around a breakfast table. It's so lovely. Yeah. And I felt safe to do that. And you and at the time I remember starting and you'd get horrible homophobic messages. Would you? Not all the time, but you'd get horrible stuff. Um and I just don't know if you'd get that now. And I'm not saying I did that. I'm just saying I think that the times have progressed over the last ten years. I I cured homophobia. (laughs) 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 No, I just think the times are it's so encouraging that uh, that wouldn't be an issue for a a broadcaster on somewhere like Radio One. Well you gotta have a few people have Different stabs at it before,
0: yeah, and then as an aggregate result, you know, it kind of lands. Mm-hmm. And I and I think different people were doing it in different ways, and that and you were doing one of them, and and that's how we end up with Troy Sivan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, who's got like literally glory holes in his in big his music videos. in his big yeah. pop video that yeah. everyone's watching, and it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm like brilliant, you know? Yeah, but they are all they're all incrementally, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Because people like Boy George or George Michael or the people we grew up with were entertainers. Yeah. And
2: untouchable. Yeah. You know, like I remember my dad, who was like a, well, he was a northern football loving, heterosexual man, but he loved Boy George. Yeah. And he loved Elton and he knew he loved loads of heterosexual artists too, but he he never othered them or was like, I don't, he never said anything like, oh, I don't mind that gay. Pop star, like yes. he just loved by George for for his music and That's stuff. So, so cool. that yeah. was like really encouraging. But they were as people to as role models. Mm. I was like, well, I'm not going to grow up. And, I'm not going to be out on John because he's like extremely talented artist. Yes. So it, it was there was never anyone sort of normal that I knew no. who was gay. No,
0: they were Julian you know mean?
2: Clary and people in <laughs>
0: yeah, BBC. Like really fab entertainers. <laughs> yeah, it's so true, isn't it? You know, but I- we had
2: gay neighbors, which I thought was quite. Oh, you did, didn't. Which you? was quite fab. Yeah. Did you hang out with them? No, well, no, because they were. I mean, they were probably in, like, their <laughs> 60s, 70s when I was a teenager. Which means probably they were 40. But... Yeah, they were probably, like, 35. <laughs> so they were, like, like, they were really no point old. Going yeah, they probably were like be 25. Dead. <laughs> But, yeah, so we had gay neighbours. And my dad <laughs> and a few of the other dads on the street were, were friends with them because they used to have, like, really good garden. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. And I remember they used to – they were kind of um, – they, they, they were amazing, actually, when I think back. I didn't really think about them when I was younger, but they were very uh, sort of a bit John Wal- Walters, And they were, you know, in very sort of pristine pastel-pressed shirts. Oh. And they had a rose garden. And it was sort of beautiful suburban oh, garden. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. Really fab, actually.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
0: those little formative moments I don't know they stay with you mm. and actually little examples of what it is that, that com- those two could, that were really happy I presume yeah, but
2: hopefully. I would tell people if we had visitors like when we'd walk past their house I'd be like um gays live there <laughs> And not not like as a as a negative. Yeah, I didn't even know what it meant, but I remember being young. I mean, like they're gay, mm. and like pointing them out, like that was their personality, and like that's who they, that's who they are as people. Yeah, that's so funny, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. So my godfather <laughs> was gay, and like he had a boyfriend
0: called Penguin. Amazing. I know, and like my he was my mum's best friend, and like and they'd always be like, "Gavin's bringing his boyfriend Penguin," and.
2: I remember it was always explained to me as totally normal. It wasn't explained. It was just Mm. like, that's who he is. What's funny is now that my friends who've started having kids and like some of the kids that are like six, um, we were around the other day. (laughs) And one of the kids said to me, so who lives at your house? You and Mish. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, just together. And then he went, yeah. And he was like, like as guys. And we were like, (laughs) yeah. And he went, okay. And oh, he was just like figuring it sweet. out, I guess, because he must have just been like, you know, what's the deal over there? Like, yeah. why are you two always hanging out? Yeah, <laughs> it's quite funny it's... seeing like the the clogs going. Yeah, clogs, not the clogs. The cl- <laughs> <laughs> see, honestly, the clogs going was amazing.
0: But you see all of that, and then they just go, "Oh, cool," and then oh, they carry okay, on. Yeah, they're yeah, like, cool. "You got a biscuit?" Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's uh, it's so nice. Well, yeah, we have that as well because like they'll bring it up my godchildren up have brought it up in front of me and my husband and mm-hmm. my the, my friend who's their mother. What do we call her? My friend. And she has to do like the whole explanation while I like sit quietly being like, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, no, no, men can marry men as well. Right. And, da, 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 and the kids are like, uh huh, uh huh. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. But so you're getting married. Why yeah. are you married? We're getting married. Right. We're engaged to be married. That's exciting. Um, and it's a tough one because I hate the word fiance so mm-hmm. much. Me too. It's a weird. So mm. I don't know what to call them. Um, I didn't really say fiancé. Yeah, you know, I kind of want to just get on with it. So it yeah, can speed up to my husband. Because boyfriend sounds like <laughs> TBC. My current boyfriend. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're engaged. So we're sort of deciding when to get on with it. And we want it to be then people who just got engaged and then got married. Yes. I love it when people are like, we're engaged. The wedding's in two months. Lovely. Love that. But it's been two years. Okay. So I'm like, we just need to crack on with it. What's the vibe? Is it? I wanted a big one at first. I thought we should just have. <clears throat> and Mish said a really lovely thing where he said, I think it's nice just to have a party for something lovely. Mm. Like, we're having a party because we really love each other. Yeah, so get everyone is. round. And I was like, that is really nice. Yes. And then now I've been to some, like, huge, massive weddings. So I'm like, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I need it. So I think, I think it's going to be small now.
0: Yeah, I think... I think I
2: really want to cry because I think I always thought... <laughs> I wouldn't be happy, gay. Yeah. And I thought that through all my teenage years growing up. Yeah. I really want it to be really emotional and, and feel really happy and yeah. and really indulge in that feeling. And I worry if there's 300 people there, mm. I'll go into like presenter mode. Right. Yeah. And like and like block the emotion because I don't want to cry in front of 300 people. Yeah. So I think actually I really want to be like, this is nice. Do you know what I mean? You're
0: all here to,
2: make, to watch, watch cry. me cry.
0: I think it's true. My friend's mom did the most incredible speech at his gay wedding, where she said she got up and she was like, "I stand here, and I have to apologize to every single one of you because I never thought with my son being gay he would be happy that he would oh find God. love, and I was wrong." And literally the whole room was like,
1: bah! Oh my
0: God. I might have
2: to steal that line because I
0: thought it's the all same yours. about y- myself. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. you don't. And no. Because no one tells you that no. you would, you know. Yeah. So I think small,
0: make it matter. And, and then, then maybe have a party another I was going to say, do another big party. You know what I mean? Why not? Have the
2: email day. Who, <laughs> who's, who's the one in charge of that? I mean, I'm sensing it's you. It's a bit of both. <clears throat> Mish is, it turns out, my dad. is basically what I've discovered here. He's very particular. Mm -hmm. He is very specific. There are a lot of rules, a lot of house rules. Really? Like he's very, um, yeah, he's, he's a strict... (laughs) <laughs> Master. <laughs> um, and
0: how, cause I love what you've done to your house. And obviously this has become a whole thing with your Instagram yeah.
2: account for it, which is called? 36 and a half. 36 and a half. Why is that? It was, oh, I, was, your... I was 36 and a half when yeah. I started it. And I remember being at a crossroads in my life where I everything I'd done was youth focused. Yes. So I was the youngest person in my family. I was doing youth TV. Radio One, when I started, I was doing Sunday nights was the youth strand. Then when I got the breakfast show, it was like, oh, make it younger. Mm. And then once I, you know, done the breakfast show for a few years, I was wary. I'm not going to do this forever because I'm getting older Mm. and Radio One's a youth brand. And my interest just changed naturally. You know, I, I still love pop culture, but I'm not aggressively obsessed with it and i don't need to tweet what i think about you know an ice spice video (laughs) i can just like let that be what i did find myself more interested in was like chairs (laughs) so i decided chairs yeah (laughs) boucle. but i was i'd always been interested in spaces and design when i was younger and that's you know one of the reasons why i applied for that specific job at mtv out of the 12 was because it was design and i always wanted to design my bedroom at home and even when i lived in like disgusting yeah. flats all around the country i like would decorate them and Same. make them my own and make them like safe i'd obsess over an ikea futon i remember they obsessed were obsessed with a futon is yeah. all i wanted from ikea Same. i begged my mom and dad for one why
0: and they were 59 pound 60 or something right a funny yeah. price and funny i price all
2: i was like please please
0: because it was it was a portal it, to adulthood
2: yeah yeah and it was sort of a quite chic it was so chic yeah and Um, a low bed i was really i really want a japanese bed i was like 10 yes you know um so (laughs) i I loved it and i just thought once i'd done all that i felt i wanted to do at radio one and that was a childhood dream Mm. i was like now what what can be my next dream and i just started thinking about what did i love as a kid and i loved do my own room and designing my room and drawing furniture and mm. designing drawing spaces that I designed. So I just wanted to lean into that, just as a as a passion thing, really. So I just set up a Instagram and did design I love, inspiration stuff I'd see, and then renovation at home. And people really liked it because as I've grown, so has my audience. So they were less, you know, into going out till six o'clock in the morning, or more interested in getting up at six in the morning <laughs> and trying to find a nice lamp at a flea market. Yeah, So yeah. It, just, it, was like, it, it was nice that people seemed to be on that sort of growing up journey with me too. Yeah, I love all the bits you find and the things you share and mm. and
0: you're like, you're really good at it
2: as well. And that, I thought I wanted to be a set designer when I left Radio 1. So uh, I went I and did a, a, like a short course in set design and um interned a couple of times with set designers and it's actually quite mathematical. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's a it's, lot of there logistics. was a lot of logistics. Yes. So I was like, no, I think my design I should go to more controllable spaces, like my living room, rather than the O2. And are you <laughs> are you someone who's gonna sell and do up and sell and do up? Or are you gonna- I don't stay? know. I I just really want to make um and i have done for a few years like i'm a, i just really want to make my house really homely and welcoming, and mm. have people over and make it cozy i'm obsessed with being cozy and um great I think lighting it's from, yeah you're very good at lighting. i love the light yeah. yeah so i think it's probably from being away from my family and you know i think the more i'm i'm getting older the more i miss being up north and being around my family. Mm. So they always come and visit and we have a really good relationship with them. And, you know, I come to them, they come to me. But I think I'm into making it feel homely. And we're entering that stage of our relationship now where we're like, well, if we had kids, we'd have to have like cozy stairs. Yes. We couldn't have these wooden stairs. Yeah, You know, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about at the moment. Wooden stairs are easier to clear puke off though. Just Yeah, that's little... what we also thought. Yeah, every every parent has... Suggested, been like, well, you want to get more, no, less carpet, <laughs> less soft furnishings. So,
0: do you think you want to have kids?
2: Yeah, we do. Yeah, but I don't know how, or we've not, you know, we've not spoken about the adoption process or how we do it yeah. or anything like that. But we we've, we've been very. All our friends are having kids, so fifty percent are like, do it. You have the best time ever, and fifty percent are like are you crazy? Yes. Just be gay in peace. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, just take this and just run with it. Yeah. Have more sharp things. Smoke inside. I'm like, I don't smoke. They're like, start. <laughs> Enjoy smoking in your living room. I was trying to remember. If, do you, did you smoke? I can't remember. I used to, yeah. yeah. Not all the time I'd smoke if I drank, but I yeah. drank every day <laughs> so I would yeah but I'd never like buy cigarettes <laughs> but sometimes I would drink in order to make myself want a cigarette so oh. I'd be like,
0: as in I'd be like I really would like a cigarette but I'm, I sort of have to have a drink if yeah do that. yeah and so then... I should
2: do it but yeah now I'm, we're much more um excited about it. we just want like a Costco card and a kid lovely do you know what I mean yeah that's life what do you want from the Costco card then I don't know that's what Mish's main excitement is he loves coming to my mum's in Oldham if Yeah. we go to Costco and park on like a retail park because he's he's like oh it's not very London that is it so he loves doing regional yes. things like that that I thought was really boring I which just... I was like desperate to get to London I know, it's so and he funny. like wants to go to like a big Asta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of the same though because I grew
0: up in London I've left London and I'm like I love I love like I love a big car park with four. I don't know, it's just like, I like that no one's like bashing into me. Yeah, I like London it is too. a lot. But you, it is a
2: lot. It's like. I hope that's the social clip. You'd be like, I love a big car park. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Grimmy,
0: for stopping by Homo sapiens Towers. It was such a delight to hang out. And um, I hope you all loved that as much as I did, listeners. Do write in and tell us your thoughts. Hello at sapienspodcast.com at sapiens on Instagram. Write, write your in- agony uncles. Tell us all your stuff. And tune in later this week, people, because I'm going to be chatting to Dan Harry of I Kissed a Boy fame all about the new clinical trial hoping to create a vaccine to prevent HIV. It's a very interesting chat, this. Dan's been doing this clinical trial. Very, very cool. So yeah, tune in for that. Okay, I'm going to go and eat um, a dumpling now.